So first, just an idea and some thoughts for our younger ones. I think that water is an amazing thing. And when you think about it, there are so many ways that we use water, right? Mm -hmm. we, we can drink it, we can wash dishes in it and our clothes, we can water our plants, we can play in it. In fact, if, uh, if you were all here today, maybe instead of doing the children's sermon, we would go out into the courtyard and take squirt bottles and just chase each other around and squirt each other with water. Do it. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> Let everybody else just stay in the church and wonder what we're doing. So we can have fun with water, and water gives the earth life, and we need it, and we love it. It's such a wonderful thing. So when we do come together in church, and we will be back here in this place, that we know. What I would do if you were here is after we finished playing out in the courtyard, we'd come back, we'd gather around the baptismal font, and we might tell stories about the baptisms that we've seen. Maybe you could tell us stories about your own baptism. Were you baptized in a church? Were you baptized by a baptismal font? Were you baptized in a river like Jesus was in the River Jordan? I love to hear baptism stories. And then we would talk about baptism and we would probably put our hands in the water in the baptismal font and then make the sign of the cross to remember our own baptism because when all of us were baptized, those of us who are here who have been baptized, we had the sign of the cross made on us, on our forehead, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we were baptized. That's an important thing to remember, that we were baptized, all of us, and through baptism, we become children of God, we become part of God's family, and God calls us beloved, just like God called Jesus beloved when he was baptized in the Jordan River. Baptism is a lovely and wonderful thing. I would say it's the best use of water that we can think of. And so today we're grateful for water, but we're more grateful for baptism and the fact that God has brought us together as a family of God in baptism, that God sends us now the Holy Spirit in our lives, and that we have something incredibly wonderful to talk about if we ever get bored in our conversations with other people. Maybe you ask them, where were you baptized? What was it like? So, something to think about. Here's our prayer to end this time. Loving God, we thank you for washing us with water and your word in baptism so that we can become your children 
and bless us as we continue to talk about all the ways that you are special to us in our life and all the ways that baptism makes us special. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the Epiphany season, which started on the 6th of January, ushers in an opportune time for new beginnings. January is oftentimes like the genesis of the new year, right? It's marked by people making resolutions, resolving to live new lives according to new habits. It's kind of a confession that begins every new year because resolutions are a way of admitting that we haven't been the kind of people that we want to be. We confess that we are not as slender or cheerful or thankful or productive as we would like to be. We admit to our humanness and we make a commitment to do better. These are ordinary mortal confessions, usually not spiritually motivated nor spiritually empowered. They are signs of people wanting to do their best to turn their lives around again. But when the weeks speed by and ordinary life is resumed, maybe that's happened to many of us already, our old habits tend to reassert themselves. So come next January, the same resolutions are often made anew with a new hope. And we hope with a greater chance of success. The baptism of John in the Jordan River was similar to people making resolutions, though it was certainly a more spiritual exercise. John preached repentance and he had remarkable success in doing that. People were drawn to his watery pulpit, both from the city and from the countryside. And at the river, he submersed them as a sign of people's resolution to turn their sins, to turn from their sins, and turn back to the worship of God and the service of God's people. But John knew that there was a tentative quality to his work. He proclaimed that the one who would come after him would baptize with something even greater than water. The coming one would baptize people with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God represented something far more powerful than our human resolve, our own willpower. It was the Spirit that first moved over the waters at creation, and brought form to the chaos of the birthing universe. When Jesus rose out of the water of the River Jordan, the Spirit descended upon him like a dove. In this Spirit, 
Jesus did the powerful deeds that marked his remarkable ministry. And for the believer of today, both John's message of repentance and the empowering work of the Holy Spirit are needed together. Sin is a powerful magnet that draws us ever toward it. Human resolve and willpower is weak and at least annually in need of resuscitation. Truthfully, repentance is really more like a daily need, but our resolve to turn around our own willpower won't do it alone. Even St. Paul famously struggled with the power of his mortality against his resolve to do what is good. He said it twice in the seventh chapter of Romans. First he said, I do not understand my own actions for I do not do what I want. Rather, I do the very thing I hate. And a few verses later, again, he said, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. So something, is great, something greater is needed than just our willpower. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when Paul encountered his followers, the followers of John particularly in Ephesus, he told them something similar to what John had understood himself to be in terms of the forerunner or the prophet of Jesus. Though baptized by John with water, they needed the kind of empowerment that came through Jesus himself. They needed baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is the gift of God that makes spiritual repentance something more than making a resolution. As God asks us to turn from our sin, God provides the means to become new creatures capable of spiritual resolve. And this gift comes to us through baptism. In Jesus' baptism, he was fully identified with us as human creatures. In our baptism, we become fully identified with him. That's an important concept of baptism. His life in God is our new life. His capacity to bend to God's will is our strength to live a godly life. His love for all is our charity toward others. Christians understand baptism differently, that we know, depending on one's denomination or theological tradition. Accordingly, there may be some differences in the way this message about baptism and the Spirit of God is preached. Those of the Anabaptist traditions may argue for God's capacity to inspire people to godly living as they move toward their decision to become baptized. 
Pentecostals may argue for the separation of the water baptism and the Holy Spirit baptism. Indeed, today's reading from the Acts of the Apostles is one of the biblical basis for, for that very idea. But this is clear. Regardless of tradition, is that God will do in baptism what God chooses to do. God is not bound by human interpretation of how all of this works and our own human understanding of the means of grace. John had it right. One who is mightier than any other human person has come to bring new life in the spirit and the forgiveness of sins. Baptized into this new life, let us daily resolve to celebrate our baptism and live as best we can as God's people. Amen.